I hope you brought a Bible with you. I'll be reading from the scriptures. If you don't have one, you'll be able to hear it. But if you have one, you'll join us in Matthew 23. That would be great. The message this morning is fake or real. Fake or real. Matthew 23. And the setting, I know that's kind of a bad joke since we got a picture of jewelry up there, but the setting in Matthew 22, Jesus had a conversation with the Pharisees and he exposed their lack of spiritual understanding. He asked them a question and they couldn't answer it and they were afraid to answer and so Jesus exposed their spiritual immaturity. Now these were guys who'd memorized a lot of scripture. Uh, They had memorized the entire Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But they didn't just memorize the scriptural text, they also memorized the rabbinical teaching on it. So they had the Mishnah and the Gemara, the combination of the scriptural text and the rabbinical teaching. So it was a lot of scripture and teaching that they had to memorize to become a Pharisee. So they had it in their head, but it never made it to their heart. This morning we shared that letter from Josiah. A man in his church named Harry had it in his head for years, but he didn't have it in his heart till the day before he died, he received Christ as Savior. So my challenge to you this morning is, do you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you asked him to forgive your sins, to be your Savior? Now, Jesus is talking about Pharisees and the falsehood of it, and we want to have a genuine relationship personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, uh, as we begin reading, Jesus called the crowd's attention and he got them together. He wanted to make sure his disciples were listening. So, Matthew 23, verse number 1, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. And then he's going to talk to them about whether it's real or fake. So, Let me give you a hint. This first screen, this is fake. Looks like a guy walking on the beach. What is it really? It's it's a Lego stormtrooper with fake footprints in the sand. But it could look real. But it's fake. Look what Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. And he said, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatsoever they tell you, observe that observe and do, but do not according to their works, for they say and do not. Now in other places, Jesus criticized what they said, what the Pharisees were saying. But most of the time, the Pharisees were teaching the truth. They just weren't applying it well. And so he said, listen to the truth they share, but ignore the way they live. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make their phylacteries broad. The phylacteries were the the sleeves. Maybe you've been in a church where uh, the pastor or priest wore robes. And I was in one where when the priest raised his hand like this, the sleeves of his robe went all the way down to the ground. And the Lord said, that's not good. And, and they would put the scripture on, in scrolls, the, the, the phylacteries where they had the scripture placed there. And so the Pharisees, 
they'd have a big one to show how much they loved the word when other people, they just had little ones. Uh, They were drawing attention to themselves. It would have been like Savannah walking in today and saying, it's my birthday, it's my birthday, you should tell me happy birthday. She didn't do that. But we found out anyway. Uh, They enlarged the borders of their garments. They loved the best places at feasts, the best seats at the synagogues, greeting in the marketplace, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Now let's go back to verse number one. The first thing, or verse two, the first thing we see, it is fake when they enjoy passing judgment on others. It's Fake when they enjoy passing judgment on others. Now, what did Jesus exactly mean by the seat, uh, uh, by Moses' seat? Well, in the synagogue, the speaker would not stand. They would sit on a bench. And so, something, well, he was referring to that bench where they would sit and teach. But it was more than that. The, Moses was called by God to be the leader in Israel. God established him as his representative. And as part of being the leader, he had to also pass judgment and show discernment. When people had issues, they'd go to Moses and he would resolve the issues for them. He would teach them the word and the will of God and they would learn from him. So the Pharisees wanted the authority that Moses had. They desired uh, to have that authority and to be lifted up and to position themselves above people. Isn't it interesting? Jesus did the exact opposite. He was above people, God in heaven. And he stepped into humanity to be a servant to people. So it's fake when they enjoy passing judgment on others. Now, uh, please understand, there are times when we're teaching the word of God that we're going to expose the falsehoods of those who don't follow the word of God. But if you enjoy it, there's a problem. Kathy and I once heard a preacher preach, and he was preaching against hell. And he was talking about the people who were going to end up in hell. And they were going to burn in the flames forever. And we kind of got the idea he was happy they were going there. But see, that's not the heart of God. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. So... If you enjoy passing judgment on others, you're more like the Pharisees than you are Jesus. A second fake. It is fake when their lifestyle does not match up with their teaching. All right, this is for you old folks. All right, How many of you remember when Gary Hart was running for president? And he said, you can investigate me, you won't find anything. Two days later it was exposed, he had an affair going on. And guess what? Back then that made a difference. He was out of the presidential race because he had an affair. Now that doesn't seem to matter, but it did back then. But his teaching didn't match up. We've known conservative family value Republicans having affairs. Uh, Democrats who argue for family values cheating. We've even had pastors exposed for it. These people lectured their own people, but they didn't follow their own lessons. In verse 3, Jesus said, Observe what they tell you to do, 
but please don't act like them. Don't act like that. They were filled with hatred and bigotry and greed. And Jesus saw their hearts. So their lifestyle did not match up with their teaching. And it should. Number three, it's fake when they expect others to do what they are not willing to do. This is a picture of a bunch of guys in hazmat suits. The guy in the middle of the picture is not in a hazmat suit. Why? Because he's going to make those other guys do it. Now, in all fairness to him, not every, when you're dealing with a hazmat situation, somebody has to be back and be the coordinator and make sure it's all done. And so maybe he's the coordinating guy, and it, I just love the picture. I thought it worked well for this. Uh, but people want others to do what they are not willing to do. I have heard stories of dads. My parents weren't that way, but dads who would uh, uh, discipline their kids very strongly if the kid used a bad word, but then dad cussed. Or moms who would really discipline the kids if they lied about something, but then mom would lie to her friends on the phone. One boss was adamant that people would tell the truth and be honest and have integrity at work. And I worked with him. And then one day he came running out of his office. And he said, okay, tell him I'm not in my office. Somebody called and wanted to talk to him. He didn't want to talk to him. And he just ran out. I said to him, you, you tell us to have integrity. What did you just do? He said, oh, but I really, really didn't want to talk to him. So listen, what his decision was, have integrity unless it hurts. And then you don't need to have integrity. That doesn't work. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. Uh, in verse 4, it says, they laid heavy burdens, hard to bear, and laid them on men's shoulders, but they themselves would not move them with one of their little fingers. They wouldn't do a thing, but they expected the people to carry these loads. The Pharisees taught the people to follow the law, but they gave themselves exemptions, a lot of exemptions. Number four, it's fake when they focus on building their own influence and getting attention. Megan was talking to me the other day. She had listened to a, a webinar. I've listened to a few, and I, I told her some of the webinars is like a person telling you why you need to buy their thing. And she had just listened to one that was like that. It was, you need to buy our thing. You need to buy this, buy that. Well, it, it was a free webinar supposed to teach you something. What it taught you was you need to give your money to them, and then they can fix you. And that's how the Pharisees were. They're focused on just building their influence and their greeting. So they dressed a certain way and they walked a certain way. And they had their, uh, every one of the men were supposed to wear a prayer shawl and theirs were more decorated and their robes were more flowing. Their phylacteries were bigger. And they would stroll down the street and they would scowl at people and they would not even recognize people unless they were significant ones. Children were afraid of the Pharisees. Children flocked to Jesus. Big difference. 
They were trying to get attention. They were highly motivated by appearance. Remember the prayer Jesus shared of the Pharisee? He's standing and looking up toward heaven and he says, Father, I thank thee I am not as other men are, like, like that publican over there. And Jesus said, that publican over there had a real prayer. He had a broken heart. He shared his heart to God's heart, and God answered that prayer. The Pharisee, God didn't even pay attention. Other people were impressed. Imagine, you know, have you gone to the mall? We were in a mall recently. Go to the mall somewhere, and there's some guy standing on the corner praying out loud, God, I thank you that I give so much money to your church. And that's what the Pharisees would do. In fact, it got so bad that when it was offering time, I don't know whether you gave in the offering or not, and if you didn't, well, that's okay. Some of you gave online or you gave last week, you give once a month, whatever. It's between you and God, uh, whether you give. You're hurting yourself if you don't, but that's between you and God. But here's what the Pharisees would do. Man, when it was time to give the offering, uh, say, if Gary Burnett were a Pharisee, We would have the offering here and everyone would have to come up and give. And you'd walk by and give and someone would be watching and the Pharisees would have trumpet players go before them. Here is the gift of Pharisee Gary Brunette. And he would lay it in like one bill or one coin at a time. And everyone would go, And you know what the Lord said? He got no spiritual benefit from that. He got the attention of people. And that's all he got. It was fake. Instead of pitching in and helping people, they held themselves aloof and merely lectured them. They were focused on getting attention. They wanted to be admired. And then... Number six, it's fake when they insist on being called by titles of reverence. Titles of reverence, such as, Hello, my name is the Great One, anointed of God. So when I come into church, you shouldn't say, Hello, Pastor. Say, Hello, O Anointed One. (laughs) You know... uh, There are some guys, they they have an honorary doctorate. And make no mistake, getting an honorary doctorate is honorable. It means you've been recognized. Most of the time when a university gives an honorary doctorate, it's for somebody who's earned the honor. But there's a difference between an honorary doctorate and an earned one. And I know some guys, they they received an honorary doctorate and they insist on being called doctor or so-and-so. You know what we call the chairman of our deacons in our church? We call him Tim. You know what we call the, the, our lead trustee? Tim. Tim's a very versatile guy. No, it's two different Tims. Tim Pennock's chairman of our deacons. Tim Martinez, chairman of our, or he's our lead trustee. And the, yeah, we just call him Tim. This morning when I pulled up at church, there was trash out. Like there had been a party. There were empty cups with the lids and straws on them. And 
paper trash around by the storage building and all the way out by the fence over there. And I drop Kathy and Megan and the girls off, and then I drive across the parking lot and back up very slowly because I've run into things before. And I got in my parking spot, and I got out. By the time I got back over to the sidewalk, Kathy and Sherry and Jeff are out there picking up all that stuff and throw it in a bag. That's our pastor's wife, a deacon and a deacon's wife, out there picking up trash. You know what would happen in a Pharisee's church? Deacon Jeff would have stood there on the sidewalk and waited till somebody else showed up and said, this needs taken care of. And then he would have made sure they did it right. Aren't you glad we don't live in a church like that? I'm very thankful. The leaders in our church focus on serving the Lord, not on position. And I appreciate that. Now, Jesus talked about what was fake, and then he transitioned to what was real. So we started out with a fake picture of somebody walking in the sand. And now here's a real picture. This is a real person walking in real sand on the beach. It's real. And here's how Jesus said a couple of things you'll know if it's real. Okay. First thing, it's real when they want you to be impressed with Jesus and to be a disciple of Jesus. If you're using your notes, both of those blanks are Jesus. They don't want you to be a disciple of them. They want you to be a disciple of Jesus. Look at verse 8. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ. So, uh, who's the leader of this church? Jesus Christ. Not the pastor. Jesus Christ. In fact, if the pastor strays away from Jesus Christ, the deacons in the congregation have a responsibility to remove the pastor. Look at verse 9. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Now, I had a friend, we were really close for several years, we worked together on some projects up in Phoenix, and He was a Roman Catholic priest, and most people referred to him as Father Joe. Well, I didn't, because our faith, we don't believe in calling a man a father because the Bible says not to. And my kids didn't know what to call him because he he doesn't really go by a last name, and they didn't want to call him Joe, so they called him Faja Joe. (laughs) And... So I was at the hospital, and he had knee surgery, knee replacement surgery. I was visiting him. There were several other chaplains that were there. I was a chaplain, volunteer chaplain with Department of Public Safety for several years. And several chaplains were there, and we were greeting Joe. And Joe asked me to pray for him, and I did. And I said, oh, by the way, Joe, uh, my kids said, tell Faja Joe they're praying for him. And the other guys looked like, Faja Joe, what is that? And here's this. Irish Catholic priest said to him, listen, their church, uh, the Bible says, don't call anyone on earth your father, and their church follows the Bible. (laughs) Why he let people call him father, I don't know. I have enough trouble answering for Terry. I don't want to try and answer for Joe or anybody else. But listen, if you follow the Bible, you don't want people following you. You want them following Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, with the implication being, if I stray from Christ, you keep following Christ. 
Don't build your life around a man or a woman, no matter how good and godly they are. Good Sunday school teachers study diligently to share truth in a powerful way to impart and impact lives for the Lord. They don't want you thinking, my Sunday school teacher is a genius. They want you thinking, isn't the Lord amazing? A good sermon is prayed over and studied and prepared and organized and prayed over some more and adjusted and and delivered with no desire to impress based on the person, but a desire to impress based on the Word of God and the person of Christ. It's all about Him. So it's real when you want people to be impressed with Jesus, not with you. And when they want people to be impressed with Jesus, not with them. Number two, it's real when they are part of the congregation and not just part of the leadership. What does the end of verse 8 say? You all are brethren. You all are brethren. You are all brethren. Uh, Many years ago, we stopped having men sit up here. I, I know some churches that do that. They have different people sit here, and if a guest preacher's here, they have them sit up on the platform. And some of the old churches had the deacon's bench up here. And so the deacons would sit up here behind the pastor while he's preaching. You know, and if they were frowning, the congregation you know they didn't have to pay that much attention to what the preacher was saying. But uh, what we used to have pews up here for uh, the preachers and others to sit while they were up here just to make it easier step in and step out of the... But but we stopped doing that. Uh, Why? Because we want to be part of the congregation. So this morning you've seen people come up here and say something or read scripture and then go back down or come up here and lead a song and then go back down. Why? Because we're part of the congregation. We're not lifting up people. Members of the congregation step up and share their part and then sit down. And we all have an important part to play, not just the preacher. We're all engaged in serving the Lord. We all have a responsibility to minister together. That's why when we had the handshaking time, the only people up here were the pianists because they kept the music going while we were all shaking hands. So we're part of a congregation. We're not above it. Um, the deacons and I have carried trash, hauled things out, fixed toilets. One, one Sunday morning before Sunday school, I wasn't teaching. We had a problem with the toilet in the ladies' room, and I took off my coat. I'm down on the floor in the ladies' room in a stall fixing the toilet. Now, another time, it was right before I was supposed to preach, and somebody came out and said, toilet in the men's room's all backed up. I'm like, oh, no, Tim, Tim Martinez, can you go fix that toilet? i got to get in there. But there's nothing beneath you. Now, you may not have the ability to do it, but there's nothing beneath you. We serve God together. We're a congregation. We're a family. And so... It's real when the speaker is part of the congregation, not just part of the leadership. In the old days, the old Puritan churches, 
the pastor would be completely separate from the congregation. And the congregation would come in, they'd get everything ready, they'd be ready for the pastor, and then the door would open and he would step in on this elevated platform and he would preach from well above the congregation. The people in the front rows uh, would have to look almost straight up. I've been in those churches and seen what they look like and, and totally separate from the congregation. I want to be part of the congregation. I stand up just a little higher so it's easier for you to see. Not so I'm exalted, so it's easier for you. And we have magnification going out so it's easier for you to hear because our focus is on the congregation. In fact, Jim Rakosian, I've noticed, when you stand right here, this is the most dead spot in the church. If you stand here and somebody out there says something, it's almost impossible to hear them. That's why he and I will often step to the side to hear when people are talking because you can't hear it right here. It's designed for the sound to go that way, not to come back this way, so that it's better for the congregation. That's what we do. So it's, if they're part of the congregation, and if you're ever in a church where the pastor is not engaged and involved with the congregation, that's unhealthy, and you should try and get that corrected. Number three, It's real when they're willing to serve. Some leaders get too enamored with leading and they forget that Jesus modeled servant leadership. Like I was talking about earlier, trash out there being picked up. They ran out there. You guys did wash your hands before you shook ours, right? Just, okay. I think they did. But I love people pitching in and helping and doing. We have opportunities to impact hearts and lives. And if we don't help, we miss an opportunity to impress Jesus in the hearts of others. Now, I'm very hard of hearing. Before I got my hearing aids, if somebody was behind me and they said something to me, I couldn't hear it. Um, My oldest daughter, this year is my worst year, and she used to stand over here and say, Dad, if you don't want me to do this, just say something. (laughs) But uh, it's not your job to judge other people, whether they saw something or participated in something or did something or didn't do something. It's your job to make sure you're the one serving. God did not appoint you to be service police for Casa Grande, Arizona. He said, you minister. You let the Lord take account of the other people. Number four, it's real when they are humble. They are humble. Look at verse 12. Well, I I didn't read verse 11. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's why we need to serve. And verse 12, whoever exalts himself will be abased. He who humbles himself will be exalted. It's real when you're humble. How do you know if you're humble? Here's a couple tools. If you think about the Lord and you think about other people more than you think about yourself, you're humble. What and who do you pray about the most? If it's all about you, you're not as humble. You can ask an honest friend, would you consider me a humble person? 
You might want to warn them in advance. We will still be friends no matter what you say. And I want a completely honest perspective. You consider me a humble person? And when they pick themselves up off the floor from laughing hysterically, no, no. But if you, listen, if you are not intentionally striving to humble yourself before God, then you're not following the example of Jesus Christ. You're not obeying the instruction of Jesus Christ. He said we're supposed to be humble. So what should you do? I have a couple things here for you to think about. What should you do? Number one, be authentic. Be authentic. There's a commercial about a casino up in the valley, and it says, when you're here, you can be you. Be the real you. Well, listen, you should always be the real you. Now, I know we went to lunch. Kathy's folks took us all out to lunch yesterday, and <laughs> Leah gets a little loud. She's like her grandmother. And, <laughs> and uh, Megan said to Leah, restaurant voice. Okay, so, I mean, if you would be more comfortable in pajamas and fuzzy slippers, Jerry, I'm glad you didn't dress that way this morning anyway, okay? But be authentic. Be the real you. Don't put on a facade. Now, there are times you act differently. You know, if I was in the presence of a president of the United States, any one of the living presidents, I would not be as goofy as I am when it's just Jeff and I hanging out. Probably. <laughs> it's hard for us to tone it down sometimes. <laughs> but be spiritually authentic wherever you go. Remember last week we looked at God is watching. God is weighing. God is working. So live spiritually authentic lives Everywhere you go. Secondly, follow Christ. Not a pastor, not an author. Follow Christ. I know people who get so enamored with this Christian writer that it draws them away from the Lord. And occasionally, some of the Christian writers I like will write things that I disagree with. And I need to correct myself back to the Word of God, not to their book. So follow Christ. Don't follow a man or a woman. The Apostle John wrote about it. He said, you don't need to follow any man. Follow Christ. Not a human being on earth. You follow the God-man in heaven. Third, you need to serve. The Pharisees were so obsessed with having clean hands and a pure heart, as the Scripture says, that they would never get their hands dirty helping somebody. Serve. If you go someplace, serve. Minister. Care about people. If you're not helping someone else, then you are missing some of life's richest blessings. Fourth, develop friendships with people who are humble and real and who will keep you humble and real. 
Can't you picture the kind of stories these guys could tell on each other in this picture? Three old guys sitting on a bench. Oh, they could tell some stories. So when people serve on our ministry leadership team, there's a couple of things we demand before they can serve. One is they have to be a team player. It has to be for the good of the ministry. They have to be committed to that. So it's not always their way. Somebody who comes in, my way or the highway, okay, we don't really want them serving on the ministry leadership team. But we also have a rule. They need to speak up when they disagree. Because sometimes their insight could keep us from making a bad example, a bad decision. And so we all have to speak up. And there's times in our meetings we'll talk about things and then I'll go around the room one by one, point to them and ask them what they think. And they have to speak up. And a couple times, we've all been kind of leaning this way. And then one person spoke up. We're like, oh yeah. We might not want to do it that way. So we have that obligation. And, and build friendships with people who can help you be humble and real. Uh, One of the blessings of a healthy spiritual marriage is that your spouse helps you be real. And I know guys that can't stand to have their wife correct them. I can't stand to have my wife not say something. If she sees something, I need to hear it. Honestly, I don't always appreciate it at the time, but I always do later on. Nobody knows everything. Nobody. Well, the Lord does, but no human on the earth. Nobody has all of the spiritual gifts. Years ago, we had a spiritual gifts inventory, and as a joke, I showed everybody, well, I wanted you to see how mine filled out, and I put mine on the screen, and and it was like 100% in every category. Everybody knew that was bogus. Now, I I know the ideal thing for a pastor is to score really high in showing mercy, right? That's one of my lowest. So I need other people to help me and remind me to show mercy. We all have blind spots. We all have gaps in our skills and abilities, and we need somebody to step up and help. By God's design, you are defective. You only have part of the spiritual gifts. You need other people to help you make it complete. So develop friendships with people who help you in that area. And then one last caution, watch your step. Watch your step. Don't get too focused or worried about the fakes out there. You be authentic. Watch what you are doing. Someday, Romans 14, 12 says, we all are giving an account of ourselves to God. And guess what? It doesn't say that Deacon Tim has to give an account for trustee Tim or vice versa. It says they each give account of themselves to God. So you do what's right. You follow God with a wholeness of your heart. You pursue him. Don't quit. Don't Think, well, I'm doing better than so-and-so, so I must be doing all right. You're looking in the wrong direction. Compare yourself to Jesus Christ and see how much room for growth you have. And then you be authentic. But it all starts with trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior.
If you have never asked him to forgive your sins and save your soul, you're not in his family. Your sins are not forgiven. The scripture says you're actually on your way to hell. If you have trusted him as Savior, be real. Be authentic. Serve. Minister. Follow the Lord, not other people. And connect with people who help you spiritually.